Our scripture this morning is out of 1 Samuel chapter 17. Pew Bible, page 446. This is a story that you're familiar with, but I want you to think of it as I read it. I want you to think of it as situations that either have happened or that you're aware of that's happened in your life. Okay? So you're going to have to shift gears a little bit, but let me read this for us. Now Jesse said to his son David, Take this ephah a roast of roasted grain and ten loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to their camp. Take along ten cheeses to the commander of their unit. See how your brothers are and bring back some assurance from them. They are with Saul and all the men of Israel in the valley of Elah, fighting against the Philistines. Well, early in the morning, David left the flock in the care of a shepherd, loaded up and set out as Jesse has, had directed. He reached the camp as the army was going out into its battle positions, shouting the war cry. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines facing each other. David left his things with the keeper of supplies, ran to the battle lines and asked his brothers how they were. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion of Gath, stepped out of his lines and shouted his usual defiance, and David heard it. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him in great fear. Now the Israelites had been saying, Do you see how this man keeps coming out, comes out to defy Israel? The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his family from taxes in Israel. David asked the men standing near him, well, what, will, what will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Well, they repeated to him, David, what they had been saying and told him this is what will be done for the man who kills him. But when Elab, David's oldest brother, heard him speak with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, Why have you come down here? And whom, do you ha whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Now what have I done? David said, Can I even speak? He then turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter, and the men answered him as before. David said, what David said was overheard and reported to Saul, and Saul sent for him. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man. And he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be one like them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord will be with you. 
This is the word of God for the people of God. The fiery arrows of the enemy. So we're in this part of our Armor of God series and we're talking about the shield of faith. The shield of faith extinguishes the fiery darts, right? The shield of faith extinguishes the fiery darts. So part of it is an understanding of us knowing what the fiery darts are, right? We talked a little bit about this last week, but you need to know what you're fighting against. What's the fiery darts that, we're, we're, that I'm dealing with? Because you know what? As I walk through, the, through my day, nobody shoots fiery darts at me. It may feel like it, but they literally know fiery darts are shot at me. So we need to grasp what this is, what's taking place and what's happening. And the story and the account that we just read about David shows a pretty good picture of that, doesn't it? Did you see that? So it's like... And, and here's what we don't realize, is that sometimes we have been shot... But we walk around all day like this, don't we? We don't realize that we've been wounded. Now, at first, it may happen, and like I was talking about with that story, you know, David goes up to see his brothers, and his dad says, go check on your brothers and see how they're doing. <laughs> Obviously, David knows the relationship between he and his brothers, and he kind of knew what he was probably walking into. But he goes anyway. Even takes cheeses to the commander. He leaves all of his stuff with the guy running the supplies, but he does want to get to the battle lines, doesn't he? So he gets up there, and his brothers are, what are you doing here? Who did you leave the sheep with? The few sheep that you tend, who did you leave them with? Right? Has that ever happened in your life? You walk into a situation, you go to talk to somebody, you're excited about being there, what are you doing here? Well, <laughs> we don't even think about having a defense, do we? And if we do, it's the defense mechanisms that we talked about last week. Really? Who do I think I am? Who do you think you are? Who are you to tell me that I can't be here? Right? That's not defense according to the shield of faith. Who sent David to the front lines? His father. Did he have a right to be there? Yes. Was he given authority by his father to be there? Yes. So he walks up and his brother goes, So who do you think you are? What are you doing here? Who attended your sheep? Stop. He doesn't even really respond to his brother, does he? That's the defense. Because he's standing in authority and faith. He has faith that he was sent there, permission, having permission to be there, and the authority to be there. Shield comes up. Why? Because when David left the field that morning, what did he, quote unquote, take up? Not a cell phone. He took up his shield. He understood what this is. He understood what it meant. 
He understood because of his relationship with the Lord. He was sent there with a purpose. So much so that he even recounted that to Saul. What he was saying was, you know, God's been training me for this for a long time. I've been in the field. I know what it means to fight a bear. I know what it means to fight a lion. That was all prep work for that guy. But what kindled his anger? The defiance of the one he trusted in. That's what engaged his faith. And it wasn't from a standpoint of, yeah, I've killed this bear and I've killed this lion. Man, I've got this. It was, yes, I killed this bear and I killed this lion because the Lord delivered me. So I can stand in this battle and be delivered. But you're not, oh, you're not old enough. This is us. You don't know what you're talking about. You've messed up in your past. Who are you to say? Now, it would be at points humorous, but at points very eye-opening if we thought about how many arrows are you walking around with? These arrows resemble a lot of the rocks in our backpacks. The fiery darts that the enemy throws at you have to do with our fears. They have to do with what we are worried about. They have to do with our anxieties. They have to do with our pride. They have to do with what we lust after. Because when we, as we hold on to, quote unquote, these rocks from our backpacks, then you know what? That's open season for us. Because you know what? I'm a worrier. Really. That's maybe how you see you, but that's not how God sees you. That's not how he sees you at all. He sees you as a conqueror. Right? What else does the Bible call you? An overcomer. Not target practice. He doesn't call you... He doesn't call you to be beat up and broken down and disassembled by the enemy. That's not your job. You're not a target for the fiery arrows. That's not who you are. You're a defender of the faith. That's who you are. So it's understanding that, yes, you know what? We've got arrows that we have in our life. There are things we wake up in the morning. We understand that we have a meeting that we're about to walk into. And I'm not sure exactly how that's going to go. We may think, am I going to be able to keep my cool? We may wonder, am I going to walk out of here defeated and beat up? 
we may not be able to get out of bed because anxiety has hit us so hard that we're laying there. That's this. This is our defense. Because it's understanding who you are and how God sees you. So much so that he gave his son's life for you. If you were the only one on this earth, Jesus would have died for you. And the other thing too is that he shed his blood. Okay, that's what the Bible tells us. He shed his blood, didn't he? You know what? He could have shed one drop and saved us all. One. But he didn't. He gave it all. For you. So that you could carry this. With strength and power. And authority. And position. To step into what God's called you into. It doesn't have to be some kind of fancy job. It can be something what the world would say simple. He's called you to drop a habit. That's not beneficial for you. That's a purpose. That's an assignment. That's a lion that has come to steal one of your sheep. And every time we step into the battle and defeat those things, and we let the arrows drop in front of us, it's preparing us for the next thing. Because you know what? God's got great plans for you. More than you could ever imagine, but he plans on positioning you because there are somewhere, somewhere along the line, there's going to be a Goliath. And he's preparing you to step into that fight when no one else would. Well, am I going to be ready? Am I going to be too young? Is, is, the, is the giant going to be so big? What better way for God to put himself on display than have the odds stacked against you? It happens in life all the time, doesn't it? We get to this position of, man, the odds are just too great. The odds are just too great. How is this going to work out? I thought the same thing three years ago. How is this going to work out? 47 years old quit my job that's supporting and feeding my family, going to a land I really do not know. How's this going to work out? Well, I don't know. And that's okay. Really? Yes, that's okay. David stood before Goliath. He could have said, How's, how is this going to work out? Well, I don't know. But he, David did know that's faith. Could he see it? No. Was everything in the physical stacked against him? Yes. But what was his experience? Deliverance. Freedom. Right? You don't get experience unless you step into the fight. You, you don't. You don't. And therefore, you don't experience God... Unless you step into the fight. We have to step into the fight. What we're talking about in this series is what 
is coming against us. What are we fighting against? Because the Bible tells us it's not flesh and blood. So we've, every one of us has said, has someone say something to us that is hurtful, injurious, to where we're still walking around like this. But you know what happens if this doesn't get taken care of? You know what happens? The enemy says something and brings someone else along. So this is what happens. It gets deeper, doesn't it? And if we still don't deal with it, what happens? It gets deeper. And that wound just continues to fester. And it just begins to break us down. And then we feel defeated. But God can remove those. He wants to remove them. Just like he wants to empty our backpacks of the rocks and the boulders that we carry. He wants to pull these flaming darts out of us. And show us how to defeat those things. I know it's a lot. It's weighty, isn't it? Can you feel it? It's almost like you can feel it. We're talking about some stuff now. And it's very personal, isn't it? It was with David. It was with David. It was very personal to him. And then at points he can look back, he goes, man, I risked my life with a lion for a lamb. But I did it. But I understand this God that has defended me and he has protected me, he has strengthened me, he has delivered me from all of these things. I am now in a position to step forth for him. I'm not back somewhere in a field what is just me and the sheep. Because the sheep were quite impressed with my abilities and what God did with me to save it. These people were out there. David was out there alone. And you know what? He's like, just me and God. Just me and God. Well, you know what? Now he's in front of an entire army and someone else is defying him because he wants to destroy the Israelites. And you know what David's mindset is? After those experiences... In front of everybody? And with his brother just slamming down on him and telling him that he can't do? What are you doing here? Saul going, you're too young. Don't you realize what you're going up against? Is someone that is, quote unquote, so much more experienced than you? David's response is, me and God. Me and God. As a matter of fact, Saul, you don't know who's on my side. Is that arrogance or is that confidence in experience? And that's where we're moving to, church. We're moving to that point of understanding that, you know what, God has done so much in my life that I can go back and I can remember those things at which he's done and I need to take that information that, I've, that I had then, that I experienced then, that has made me who I am at points we have to dust that off because we've let it sit on the shelf too long and we've got to pull it into today and go, man, today I'm moving. Here's what my battle is. I've seen God be faithful then. He'll be faithful now. You might be at a point of going, I've never done this before. This is new. You know what? 
Come on in, the water's fine. Because, you know, he is faithful. He is the same he was then as he is today as he will be tomorrow. And now is your opportunity to step into that battle with maybe it's the lion, maybe it's the bear, maybe you feel like you're all alone and you're isolated, but you're not because God is with you. David didn't need anybody else in the field to battle the bear and the lion. He just needed God. And he needed to trust him. Our sermon in the sentence is this. Trust God, be bold. Trust God, be bold. I thought, well, maybe we'll do be bold, trust God. But you know what? That doesn't work because, you know, the be bold part, then you have to manufacture it yourself. So if I get ready, then I can trust God. And that's not what God's looking for. What God's looking for is trust him. Let him give you the boldness. Let him give you the strength. Let him give you the wisdom. Let him give you the discernment that you need to step into the fight that's in front of you. Trust him. It may seem like life is moving a thousand miles an hour. We talked about this for just a couple quick moments before service started. That it is just moving faster than you could ever imagine. Seems funny with COVID and everything supposedly shut down. Life is just moving a thousand miles an hour. And it can be distracting. That's the point. The enemy wants it to be distracting. Trust God. Have faith. Have faith in what? Have faith in what he's designed you to be. Have faith in what your portrait is. Where is he taking you? Have faith to understand that he is setting you up for success in the areas that he's placed you. It doesn't matter if anybody's watching or not. This is between you and him. This is between me and him. That's it. Trust him. Have faith. Understand that when people are used to fire, fire arrows at you. Did you hear me? Did you catch that? When people are used, it's not the people. Because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't fight against people. But powers, principalities, and the rulers of darkness. That's where the flaming arrows of the enemy come from. They come from these people. Sometimes people get up and they're irritated and they're frustrated. Not me, but other people. Right? You've been there? You get up, you're frustrated, you're irritated. All of a sudden, before you know it, an arrow comes out. And you see exactly who it hit. Because we've gotten pretty good at our aim, haven't we? Oh, come on. We have. I know exactly who I'm going to hit. Not only do I know, not only do I know who I'm going to hit, I know where. And I'm good at it. Right? We know what our words can do. We don't realize how much power they have. But you know, we know how to cut somebody. Do you know how to mend them? just as much these are our words these are our actions these are our responses that we are used to target others not only are people used against us but we are used as well 
So it's inventory time. What are your arrows? How do you get hit? How do you have the faith to stop them in their tracks? That you're not hit by them. Understand how God sees you. Miraculous. Incredible. Fearfully and wonderfully made. An overcomer. Strong. Powerful. Mighty. Loved. Precious. Beautiful. Wanted. Valued. Needed. Died for. That's who you are. That's who you are. At this time, we're going to take communion. This is a time that we remember. But not just remember. This is a time to clean the slate. What I mean when I say that is, as we remember Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection on the cross, the blood that was shed for us, it's a time to remember why. Because the Bible tells us that we were at odds with God. That we were sinners. That we didn't have his interest at heart, but ours. That we wanted to do what we wanted to do. We wanted to take care of us. We didn't want to submit or surrender what our hearts are to Christ. There's an understanding that as sinners that we are separated from God. Though he loves us and he pursues us and he wants us to be a part of his family. By not having Christ in your life, there's a separation. And there's a desire that God has that we spend eternity with him. Forever. Jesus tells us, I go and prepare a place for you. So that where I am, you will come and be a part of it also. But if we don't have that connection with him, then there's a separation. And there's a lot of talk about an understanding of what hell is. Fire and brimstone and darkness and wailing and crying and gnashing of teeth and and all of those things. I think one of the most difficult parts about hell is to know that you will forever be separated. That's pain. But Jesus opened a doorway for us. And he sat around with his disciples at the Last Supper. And he talked about this. He talked about his body being broken. Remember I said that that we would have salvation if he would have shed one drop of blood. But he didn't. He shed it all. But he talked to his disciples about his body being broken. They didn't understand at that point. They didn't get it. He said that his blood would be shed. I could see a few raised eyebrows going up like, what's he talking about? 
but they had dinner together. And soon after that, Christ was captured. He went to trial. And yes, his body was broken and his blood was shed. And they got it. This is our time to remember that. To go back to that moment in our lives when we accepted Christ as our Savior. Yes, remembering that salvation that we have. But at the same time, remembering why we need it. Because we weren't in right standing with God. We were sinners. So this is a time to remember that. But to remember, you know what? I still sin. There's things that I've done. I'm guilty of shooting arrows. I'm guilty of being used. I've done things. I've said things. I've acted certain ways. That I need to get that cleaned up. I need my slate cleaned. I need some of the dirt that I've allowed to collect in my life to be washed off. This is that time. Paul talks about it when you take the Last Supper, when you take communion, to make sure you're clean. So as we are going to hand this out, we're going to take a few minutes to pause. And it's at that time, run your inventory list. Ask God to bring things to your heart that need to be asked for forgiveness. To be cleaned. And clean it. Let him do it. Be right. The things that you've done that are wrong, fix them. Clean it up. Leave out of here today new, fresh, forgiven, blessed, loved more than you could ever imagine. But allow yourself to be clean.